Welcome to The Closing Room, brought to you by Capital Title Insurance Agency. The Closing Room is an interview show where our guests are other professionals in the real estate services industries who all have the same goal, help the customer get to The Closing Room. I'm your host, Tom Lico, and my co-host today is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Capital Title, Lisa R. Hey, Lisa, thanks again for being our co-host today. I trust all Hi. is well in your world. Everything's great. My pleasure being here. Good. Uh, we're going to be talking insurance today, but not title insurance, but the property and casualty world. And we have the perfect person to talk about it with. So please introduce today's guest. Great. Thank you. Eric Chase has been in the insurance industry for over 20 years, and he's a sales manager at Insurance One. He's been married to his high school sweetheart for 20 years and has three wonderful children. From helping people ensure their biggest investment and their personal property to helping protect their family, this is what makes Eric's job fulfilling. Eric's motto is, I can't control the premiums on the insurance policies, but I can control the customer service. And I pride myself with the customer service that I provide. Let's welcome Eric Chase. Welcome Eric, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, congratulations on our record 2020 for Insurance One. But uh, let's go back in time for a little bit and, and kind of walk through how you got where you're at. You are a Western Michigan graduate, go Broncos, right? And what was your major and what careers were you looking at uh, upon graduation? Yeah, Western was a great school. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I uh, got a major, a majored in finance, a business degree. And I actually knew fairly early that I wanted to go in the, into the insurance industry, which is not typical. Most people fall into the industry. Um, but my good friend's dad had an agency out of Dexter, Michigan. My now father-in-law was a longtime AAA agent. So I kind of saw what the industry offered and I was always wanted to be in business. I know that. Yeah. Uh, and so insurance drew me and uh, got my finance degree. And That's great. So you, degree. you've been with insurance once since 02. Did you enter the industry right out of college then or you started somewhere? Yeah, I, I graduated in 98 um, and then started with Nationwide Insurance out of Ann Arbor, Michigan in 99. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I graduated in December of 98. So I had about a six month period of uh, unemployment, if you will, uh, which was not too fun uh, yeah. coming out of college. But yeah, I started with Nationwide in 99 and then came to Insurance One in 2002. Oh, okay. Being a part of the Real Estate One family of companies, I know a lot of our realtor clients think that Insurance One just primarily sells homeowners insurance, but you guys are a full service agency. What, what are the other products that you sell? Yeah, so obviously homeowners insurance is our, our foot in the door, if you will, but we can do anything that ends in insurance other than health insurance. Um, I think two categories, you know, home auto, home and auto, excuse me, uh, life insurance, um, dwelling fires, motorcycles, boats. But there's two policies that most people don't really consider important, and I truly do, and that's life insurance and umbrella insurance. You know, life insurance is the replacement of income if you pass away. And so if you have anybody that's dependent upon you and your income, you need to have life insurance. And then umbrella insurance is uh, an umbrella of overall liability coverage. It gives you extra liability coverage, which is important, very much important in today's industry. Uh, so, you know, for a million dollar policy, it could cost you maybe 150 to $200 a year. So very inexpensive for the extra liability that you get. 
That's great. Um, I know last year, or maybe it was a year before you guys came out with private flood insurance. And I know that's been something that's been kind of the buzz lately. And so I know there's private flood insurance and then there's the government uh, flood insurance. Why would somebody not consider going the private route if it's less expensive? Uh, well, one, I'd say get both quotes just to make sure you, you are getting the best rate. But typically the private rate is gonna be the best one of the two. But sometimes the mortgage company will not allow for a private flood. So it depends on what type of mortgage you're getting that would determine which way you'd have to go. And can you distinguish real quick, because I think there's get some confusion too between what homeowners will cover and what you need flood insurance for. Like homeowners will cover a flood if it's something within the house, right? Like a pipe burst, water heater blows. But, but can you talk about that real quick? And I know it's not a blanket thing, but just kind of a general. Right. So policy. yeah, the, a homeowner's policy does not cover flood insurance. And so a homeowner's policy, like you said, would cover if a pipe broke and water backed up that way, if the sewer, sewerage lines back up and cause damage, that could be covered if you have an endorsement called sewer water backup. So, and then if there's an actual flood where a river that you might be by or a body of water raises and, and the water level raises into your house, you'd have to have a flood policy for that to be covered. Your standard homeowner's policy would not cover that. Yeah, and I think that's a false assumption people just just have to just presume. Real quick too, Tom, that the benefit of the private insurance is mm -hmm. it's um, not as expensive as you would think. So some people are mm -hmm. getting it even if they're not in a flood zone just for that yeah. extra peace of mind. Right, sure. Can you tell us about bundling and why someone would want to consider that and what are the advantage of, advantages of that? So the, the, the main reason or benefit is discounts. Most insurance companies, if not all, will give you a pretty significant discount if you have the home and auto together. Uh, some of our carriers, if you have a life insurance policy with them, there's an additional discount. So the bundling of that's important. The ease of doing business, all your insurance is in one spot for billing purposes and documents and all that's very important to most people. Um, and then also, you know, claim-wise, it could come into play. Like it, you and I were talking one time, if, if you backed into your garage yourself, you know, yeah. sometimes they, if it's a, a auto and a home claim, they might waive part of the deductible on one or both sides, you know, depending on the situation. So that could help out as well. I remember getting a quote from um, someone from your company for home and auto and the, the amount I saved, I was able to throw in a life insurance policy. So I got three policies, you know, for the price of two. So. Yes, that's a yeah, a yeah. Tip. The savings, the bundling savings can range from ten to fifteen percent. So I mean, that's like you said, that could be enough to pay for another life policy or that umbrella right. policy that I was talking about earlier. That'd be a mm -hmm. addition to that. So let's uh, let's talk about twenty twenty. Uh, the pandemic hit. Everyone went home. Interest rates plummeted. How has the pandemic affected the way Insurance One does business? How did it affect you guys? Well, it's interesting because it really didn't affect our business that much. Uh, un unfortunately, I actually like meeting people face to face, uh, <laughs> but thanks to the progressives and the Geico's, everything's done over the phone or email, even text now is huge. We were set up before all this to be able to work virtually, if you will. I'd say the biggest impact is working with our uh, realtors and our loan officers that we don't get to see on a face day to day, face to face right. basis. So the marketing to them and building relationships with them, we've had to reevaluate how we can stay in touch with them moving right. forward. It's kind of crazy to think that, you know, during a pandemic, 
a company has their best year ever, but Insurance One was one of those companies that did. What, what do you account for that? One and foremost is the support of our realtors and loan officers that we work with, that John Adams and Real Estate One family of companies that without their support, we would not have accomplished what we did. Um, but yeah, we wrote 1,908 policies during the pandemic, which was absolutely astounding. Yeah. Um, part of the reason too is we've, we've got some newer agents that are starting to get into their third, fourth year of business with us. So they're starting to build their referrals and the relationships with their referral sources. And they start to click, you know, with their business and the consistency of month to month. So that's been a huge part as well. Can you talk about some tips? We, uh, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, tips for, uh, for sellers and buyers, what you would give. I know we uh, had that uh, conversation regarding someone who's selling their house and already moved into the new one. Can you talk about some general tips that people wouldn't know or wouldn't think about that could save them sure. a tremendous headache and, and money? Yeah, so seller, uh, the biggest thing is if you move out of your house while it's being listed to, to sell, a lot of people just assume that the homeowner's insurance policy that they had lined up for that house is still active and working. But the fact that you moved out of that house and it's no longer your permanent residence, there's a good chance that policy is null and void. Uh, again, because it's not your permanent address anymore. Yeah. So you would definitely want to keep in touch with your uh, agency or agent to make sure they're aware that you moved out. You know, and just leaving a couch in the living room doesn't make it vacant, you know? So, right. and the thing is you, you're paying for this insurance. So if there was a claim and the claims adjuster comes in, finds out you're not living there, they could decline the claim. So you've been paying for insurance that you can't use. So uh, that would be the biggest thing for the seller that I'd recommend. Let me ask you this too. My, my cousin, he has uh, um, is a walkout ranch. And what he did is converted the lower level, which we already had a couple of bedrooms and a living room. He put a kitchen in and made it an Airbnb. And so he rents because he's on a lake and he rents that out occasionally. Do you need to change your insurance with that or let your carrier know what, how different is that? Yeah, that could definitely impact your eligibility for a standard homeowner's policy. The fact that you're renting out a room. Uh, so that could impact it greatly. <clears throat> and so you might need to get what's called a dwelling fire policy. Mm -hmm. or the, a hybrid of a standard home versus dwelling fire. And yeah. so that can greatly impact it. So that's, uh, and I think we were talking about this before. If, uh, you know, a lot of people now are looking at getting uh, second homes uh, because they can work from anywhere. So having a second home in a resort area or, or in Florida, what have you. What kind, how different is that policy? Same thing, it's a, as a second home where it could be vacant a fair amount, but you are you don't live there full time. How does that right? Work? Yeah, so a secondary home is a little different than a rental property. And mm -hmm. so in the insurance calculations, if you will, of what the risk is and how much it would cost to insure that home, they understand that you might not be there, you right. know, only 40% of the time or whatever that is. And so they, they take that into consider consideration of how, how much to charge you for that. I just thought about another, you know, situation where People are, well, especially before the pandemic, people were starting to use their cars part-time as like a, an Uber. How does that affect your auto insurance? That's, a, that's another thing. You got to make sure you're upfront and honest with your insurance company. Some, if you Ubered at all, you're not eligible for their insur auto insurance policy. They'll cancel you right away. Others, there's uh, endorsements you can do to make sure that you're covered properly for that incident. 
Um, but again, if, if you're driving Uber and you get in an auto accident and you never told them that you're driving Uber and they find out you are, they could decline that claim. So again, I, it's just like anything in life. You want to be upfront and honest, but specifically with insurance, because you could be paying for insurance that you can't use once they find out what it's truly being used for. Yeah, and you don't want a situation where you're trying to cover something up either. That's exactly not, not, nothing yep. good comes out of that. They will find nope. out. <laughs> um, another uh, question I had to uh, renovations, uh, replacement costs. So if I get a, a new roof, new gutters, uh, some up, new siding. Uh, Literally, that's what I'm looking to do in this spring. <laughs> do I want to let you guys know that? Does that affect the rates? Is, is yeah, it? yeah, definitely. A couple things. If, if you're doing an addition to the house, that alone yeah. could change the replacement cost of the house. What would it cost to rebuild if there was a total loss? So we want to make sure you're insured properly for the value of your house. Mm-hmm. But then to your point about if there's a new roof or a new furnace, electrical, plumbing, those four things, and kind of going back to your original question about tips for buyers. Um, so as soon as you have your inspection, those four things, you want to know a little as much details as possible. Okay. Because if there have been updates to those four categories, which again, is roof, electrical, plumbing, and furnace, there could be discounts on your homeowner's insurance. The newer it is, the bigger discount there could be. How do you get that information from a buyer? Is it uh, from the, do you get a copy of the appraisal or do you have someone drive by to look at that or how do, how do they know? Um, so we do, it, we do take their word for it, if you will, mm-hmm. based off their um, inspection. inspection yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I will say most insurance companies after the fact, so like a month after closing or after they get the insurance, they'll send their own inspector out, typically just an outside inspection. You don't have to go inside the house Unless it's an older house, then they will want to go inside to check out the electrical and the plumbing and so forth. You know, so that they're going to possibly look, if there's any red flags or suspicion, they will verify some of that information. You know, my mom's house, she's been in there since they built it in 1967. And I had her update this recently, but let me ask you this, because their electrical box, she still had the old, you know, where you replace the fuses and, and do you guys still even ensure that or will you when you say check out the electrical on an older house. Yeah. So a lot of companies fuses, they won't insure some want to make do maybe do an inspection on it to make sure it's okay. You know, like not knob and tube wiring. Most companies won't even come close to that. Even if it's still just in the walls, you know, not necessarily using it, but if it's still in the walls, they won't insure that house at all because of the fire hazard. Right. It, It makes sense, but we do have a carrier that will write it. So it doesn't totally, make it impossible, but it limits your, your options. Probably a little pricey. Yeah. Another thing we talked about before was uh, about making claims and trying to avoid making little claims that it could hurt you in the big picture. And you gave an example of that. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So insurance is the transfer of risk, right? And so it's a wonderful product. It's, it's a financial product in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure you you don't go bankrupt over if you don't have homeowners insurance and you lose your four hundred thousand dollar house. Right. You know that's a, that can make you go yeah. bankrupt. And so yeah. insurance plays a very important role um, in an in individual's finances. And so I always recommend realtors, you know, make sure they're getting the proper insurance to make sure they're covered properly. Um, but to answer your question regarding claims, you don't. It's there for the big risk. Right. You know, you don't want to, if you have a thousand dollar deductible and you have a claim that's $1,200, good chance you're probably better off, you know, just paying that $1,200 out of pocket. Cause now you got to, if you do make a claim, you got a claim on your record, which mm-hmm. could potentially raise your rates down the road. 
Um, and, and I had an incident one time, I'll quickly tell you a story, a real life story. A gentleman made a, a real small claim like that. It was like, uh, he had a thousand dollar deductible and it was a $1,200 claim. He still made the claim, saved the $200, but he made the yeah. claim. It was just like a, a glass claim. I can't remember details. Then like a couple months later, he made another small claim similar to that. But then a few months later, he had a house fire, yeah. a, a big loss. And yeah. so now he had three non-weather related claims within a two year period. And at his next renewal, he, he did he not renewed. They wouldn't renew his policy. Ooh. Now, if he hadn't made those two first claims, those small ones, he would have been just fine after the fire. You yeah. know, so you, you want to be, it, it's hard for me because I want to make sure people, you pay for insurance to use it. Right. But you also, right. it's there for the big loss is the best way I can put it. Other insurance companies would know about that too. So if he tried to go somewhere else, yep. it, uh, it, you guys are all connected to the same network. Exactly. There, there's called what's called a clue report. And so that mm -hmm. it's a database that keeps track of all these claims and they're going to know about it one way or another. All right, here's a question. I'm uh, asking for a friend. Uh, I'm driving down to, uh, I have a friend who's driving down to Florida. Now, in a Tom, couple of weeks. hold on. I, I have you <laughs> insured. So let's, uh, <laughs> careful here. Uh, if I get a speeding ticket in Ohio, uh, do you guys know about that? Do you end up knowing about that or in Georgia or Tennessee? Yeah. Kentucky, now, I... again, it's, it's that it, it's the system. There's data bases out there that keep track of these it, right. with computers. Nowadays, you can't hide stuff. It's going to okay. be found out. So just put it on cruise control and, uh, there you go. Don't speed, Tom. <laughs> okay. Especially through construction zones, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Eric, yeah. I was just, I was wondering another kind of question came to mind because, you know, during the shutdown last spring, everybody was buying puppies. Now there's some insurance companies that shy away from in homeowners insurance if you have a specific kind of dog, which, which types of dogs are kind of worrisome to them? Well, I, I'll first say that it's illegal to discriminate against a dog breed. But that doesn't mean they can't nitpick other areas to decline you for other other reasons, even though that might be their concern is the dog breed. Yeah. Um, but I'll, on the reverse side of that, if you're part of a group discount, then they have a little bit more lean way of, of declining that due to a dog breed. But to answer your question, you know, the typical pit bull uh, is the biggest one. Right. Um, Doberman's can some carriers don't like those German shepherds sometimes, but pit bulls probably the, the biggest, most common one. So um, how does your 2021 outlook look for insurance one? Well, like I mentioned in 2020, we wrote 1,908 policies. Uh, I am hoping that we hit over 2000 policies this year to 2021, which would be an astonishing year. And I think we can truly do it. Like I said earlier, our producers are starting to be more consistent. Uh, they're they're more got more experience under their belts, and uh, we're we're aimed to have a great year. I'm really excited for it. How many salespeople do you have now? We have eight now. Which okay. when I first started, I was the third one. Okay. So we've we've grown quite a bit, and yeah. in our premium volume, when I started, it was like three million. Now we're over fourteen million. So we've Holy cow. A lot over the years and we, we projected to keep going. So we're excited. And, and you have multiple carriers, right? How many? Yeah. 
Yeah, we're again when I first started, we only had three carriers. Now we have over six good okay. carriers in the regional. You know, you got AAA, which is based out of Michigan. Frankmuth out of Frankmuth, Michigan. Right. Um, Safeco is a, a nationwide carrier, so we've got a really good mix of carriers that we like working with. Citizens out of Howell. So yeah, we've 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 got the product. We've got our producers. We're lined up for a good year. Is it true too? Like you could, it, it helps having that flexibility because if you had say, say like Frankenmuth that's regional and there was a horrible, horrible ice storm, snowstorm in this region and they got hit with a lot of claims, do their rates maybe go up a little bit and then you're able to shop around maybe to a different carrier or is that how that? Yeah, that definitely, you know, a nationwide carrier like State Farm or Safeco, mm -hmm. they can, you know, they could have huge claims down in Florida, but balance it out. So, right you do want to keep an eye on that. But like you said, the benefit of working with insurance one is we write for six, six different carriers. So we have the ability to shop around when right. something like that happens. That's great. Those great tips. You know, I, this is uh, everyone's got insurance on something. If you don't own yeah. a house, they got auto. They got So this is uh, this is really good stuff. Well, insurance is interesting because I sell something that I hope you never use, right? So that's a, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's a hard sell to some people, but it, it's like I mentioned earlier, it's very important to have yeah. you know, home and auto and life insurance umbrella. All those things are very important to have. We're here to help people make sure they get the right coverages. Yeah, you have that uh, protection for catastrophic because that can be just devastating. Obviously. Yes, sir. Well, hey, it's time for our Up Close from a Distance segment. So this is where we take a minute to get to know you a little bit uh, a little better while maintaining our social distance. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and then do the first answer that comes to mind and you have 60 seconds. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, in golf, would you rather hit a 300 yard drive or nail a 30 foot putt? 30 foot putt. <laughs> putt for dough. <laughs> What's the first concert you attended? Oh, Debbie Gibson. <laughs> oh, we won't hold was that. Was that a crush? <laughs> let's just say it was a date. I'm hoping it was a date. Yeah, let's go to the next question. <laughs> uh, what was your first job as a teenager? I worked at Barton Hills Country Club. Oh, cleaning. But I did. And... I delivered newspapers before that and mowed mm -hmm. lawns before that as well. But that was my first paycheck job. Okay. After a hard day, would you rather have a beer, glass of wine, or a mixed drink? Uh, probably a mixed drink, but. Okay with nothing mixed with it. Okay. <laughs> uh, ideal vacation spot for you and the family. Uh, we like to camp. So anywhere in, in Northern Michigan, we love to camp. Okay. Uh, ideal vacation spot for you and your wife. Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite sport to watch in person? Ooh, I, uh, I grew up going to university of Michigan basketball games with my grandpa and my dad. Okay. So ba basketball has always been a, yeah. A wonderful sport to watch for me. Sentimental connection too. Yep. Uh, who was your first celebrity crush? And don't say Debbie Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about Tiffany? Is that any better? <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, when channel surfing, what movie makes you put the remote down? Uh, Dazed and Confused is one of my favorite movies ever. So oh, Dazed, really? You don't see it on TV too much, but no. if it was on, I would watch it. Okay. And... Um, did you ever know all the words to the opening theme of the French Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Uh, I could probably, no. no. <laughs> Did you I ever could attempt it or hum it, but I would ruin it really bad. <laughs> all right. 
Well, hey, you got 10 for 10, so you win our home version of the game. Congratulations there. I'll check my mail. For my <laughs> All right. Uh, if any of our viewers need an insurance quote or just have other general questions like uh, topics we talked about, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Our 800 number is probably the easiest and quickest. That's 1-800-752-0680. Okay. Well, that's our show for this week. And thank you again, Eric, for uh, joining us today. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Capital Title, for making this possible. And to our viewers, hang on for a few seconds while we show our meme of the week. And we hope to see you next time in the closing room.